Good morning. I'm, I'm glad to see you guys yet again. Uh, it's really cool, let me just say, to be back there. Because normally when I'm here, my eyes are pretty much closed the whole time. That's just how it works. But back there, I get to look at you guys and watch you worship. And that's encouraging. Like There's a, there's a part of, watch, of watching other people in worship uh, that just lifts my spirit. Uh, so, you know, I feel like Jeremy said this, but I, I just want to reiterate that this is such a a blessing and an opportunity that we have to be here together uh, as a family, as a community, and share this time, which is a sacred time. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty familiar place to most of us. We come in, we kind of kick back, and we like the fact that it's comfortable. But this is a sacred space too, right? And so uh, God is here this morning. And and I hope uh, that if you're visiting with us, uh, if you are close to God, far from God, or whatever, we hope that today there's something uh, some part of what happens uh, that will make at least give you sort of like this glimpse of the reality of who he is. That's our goal. So we are glad you're here no matter who you are. And we are super glad that uh, Rick and Angie Johnson are with us today. We've known them uh, for several years. And I think the first thing that we ever did with you guys is we uh, had some missions money and we invested that in Wells. And that was kind of the beginning of this relationship. And it's been really cool to watch uh, how God has grown their ministry, but then also uh, grown our partnership with them and some of the things that uh, we've been able to do and some of the things that we'll get to do in the future. And so uh, he'll tell you more about that because he knows the details, right? He's the details guy. So would you guys please make welcome Rick and Angie Johnson. Glory to God, man. It's good to be with you guys. Angie, do you want to say anything? For, for he said, uh, for those of you who don't know us, we're Rick and Angie Johnson, Triumphant Ministries International. We are long-term missionaries to Myanmar, which is also called Burma. So this is my wife, Angie, better, better half, better three-fourths probably. But anyway, she helps me do a lot of stuff. But it is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like coming home when we get to come up here. I mean, you know, that relationship's been a long time. This is the first time he's ever let me have the full service, though. <laughs> you got to earn that. <laughs> That's a good pastor. And we so have appreciated this relationship with you guys. In the next few minutes as we talk, I want to exemplify exactly the power of partnership. Not the title of the sermon, not the thing. I just, as, as we go through what we talk about, what we do, we want you to understand that we don't do this. We do these things because of God. God is the one who opens the doors, and he's opening them wide. But the scripture talks about how can they go if they're not sent? How can they hear if they're not told? We're going to show you exactly that in vivid color today, exactly how that, ha- that happens and your part in that. Because... This is, not, this is not Rick and Angie's show. This is us. This is we. This is not, it, it's a we ministry. It's not my ministry. It, it, it's God's ministry. But we, and literally, when I show you these things today, you know that if you're part of this church, if we're partners together, if we're truly partners, then all of these things are because of what we have done together. So nothing happens on accident. Nothing happens without some planning. 
and we're just so grateful to be here. I got a couple of quick announcements, and you will be the very first people, church, that we've announced these things to. Uh, we haven't made it public, haven't been on Facebook, social media, none of that stuff. So, Pastor Bill, you know for a long time we've been talking about, uh, I've been a what we call bivocational minister for years. Uh, I had another secular job, working hard, doing that, doing the ministry, just trying to mesh those things together and, and do the best we can. I am officially retired from my other job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... I've, we've been working, we've been striving for four or five years to get our house. The Lord told me about four years ago, four and a half years ago, he said, get your house in order. If you really want to do these things, get your house in order. So I'm like, I feel like the dog off the porch, the dog off the leash, whatever you want to call it. But in, anyway, we, he has finally set us in a position now where we can run with the vision he's given us to do. And we will do that diligently. Also, the other thing, you will be the first people that we've talked to about this. We love you here in Liberty so much. We love the Show Me State of Missouri so much that we're going to relocate from Owasso to Missouri. <laughs> Owasso, Oklahoma, which is a suburb of Tulsa. Now, we're not coming up to the KC area, but we are going to the Branson area. <laughs> so we'll be in Missouri. We'll be neighbors or partners and whatever. But so when we're here, it's just going to be a little more conducive for us to, to travel in and out of the states to, to be in that area. And so we're, uh, we're excited. So and the cool thing is three-hour trip up here instead of five. <laughs> so it's a great thing. So, but anyway, you're the first ones we've told that to. So but anyhow, we're excited about that. A lot of changes going on in our life right now. You know, uh, just a lot of things happening. And, and Angie's new coin phrase for us is, what is our new normal? And we don't know because we've never been normal, but <laughs> we're going to look for it this time. And so anyhow, it's, it's been so good. I want to start out with showing you some things that things that you've uh, you've helped us with this uh this first slide this is back in the summer your kids and your uh vbs and children's church and and the church together combined and and we oops we did it again <laughs> another water well you know <laughs> so i don't think we've ever got the money and turned a well this quick i mean from the time we actually i think we had that in the ground in like three weeks after we had it so the, the contact we have in, in this area, he's like, man, he said, he said, I said, can you, he said, yeah, I just tap, everything's just right now. So it's like, you give them the money and they can run with it. That family, and for every well, for every well that's put in, know that that affects probably somewhere between 50 and maybe 150 people. You're changing their life with water. It's amazing, the stuff. And what Pastor Bill referred to as the first set of wells, uh, I believe the guys, they come to us and they said, we have $3,000 and we want to put a water well in, a water well in. I said, you know what? For $3,000, I think we can put five wells in because we cut out all the middlemen, you know, and we just went and did it. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we started from. And so we're just thankful, God, that we've been able to do this and, and, and uh, do these wells and things. And, and it's just amazing what it changes their lives to. And the cool thing about, like I say, when it impacts people, it's an evangelistic tool because you're allowing people to come into your yard to get water, and they know these people are Christians. So in your, when you're in a Buddhist-dominated area and you're the Christian, you got, how'd you get a water well? How come? 
you know, why'd you do it? And I told him, I said, don't ever, ever tell him that it's some foreigner give you the money to do it. Tell him the God you serve provided this for you, you know, and it's that God that that give it to you. And tell him about what his son did for for us. And so we, we go through that. Now you're asking me to get technical. The sign says, well, here again, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> it, it just said it's a scripture verse, and it's easy to give people to change. On the, on the right side, it has it in Khmer, their language. And on the left side, it's in English, and it just says, Who, whosoever drinks of this water will never thirst. And at the bottom, it'll say John 14. And then it'll say Desperation Church, Liberty, Missouri, and the date that one went in. So that's what, that's what that goes. And... You also know we give you the GPS locations for these wells, so if you ever so desire to go see that well and say, well, I wonder if they really did that, you know, (laughs) you can look it up. Google Earth, I don't know if it shows up on Google Earth, but you can actually go over there and look it up on the, uh, because I take my iPhone, look right there at the GPS and write that number down, and then we just forward it to whoever, whoever donated. So make sure that you know where those are at. Our mission never stops. This is the thing I was telling you about. I've talked about this before. In a Buddhist-dominated country, when you are different, when you are a foreigner, and you, you look like we do, you, you stand out like a sore thumb. I, I can relate to what it's like as a minority group. <laughs> because, I mean, there's nobody looks like us. We're different. But when we go into this place, we're really different. And because we went into here... Uh, we've been pushing to get in these Buddhist orphanages, Buddhist monasteries, Buddhist things for 10, 10 12 years. We've been begging God, open the door, let us, get, let us do something. We met this one Buddhist monk, and you know, it only takes one person. It only takes one person. You don't have to go plead and beg to people. It only took one guy. We went to this one Buddhist monk, and uh, he had an orphanage, and we give him, his kids some rice, and we, we did the towels and all the things that we do, the toothbrushes and all the hygiene packs. And this dude loves us. I mean, he absolutely loves us. He said, hey, you want to go some, meet some more of my friends? And I'm like, okay, we're in. So he took us to another Buddhist orphanage and another Buddhist orphanage and another Buddhist orphanage. And we've been, usually if we went up to those and tried to do that, They'd let, they, wouldn't let us, they wouldn't even open the gate to let us in. But this particular trip, and I think I've alluded to this, this particular trip, this is not just an orphanage. This is a monastery. This is pastors in training. And he asked me, did I want to go there? And I said, sure. I, and he, he, said, uh, he said, well, he said, do you want to meet the leaders? And I'm like, well, yeah. You know, and, and the Bible talks about it. he'll bring you before those. And so... He took me into the leaders and the leadership of this place, and, and so they asked us. He, he said, "Would you like to speak to the to the students, the trainees?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what can I say? Anything you want." I said, "Really?" <laughs> and he said, I, "You know, it's Christmas." And I said, "Well, you know, it's Christmas time." I said, "Can I tell them the true story of Christmas?" He said, "Oh, sure, go ahead." So I start. I've got this thing that I go through, I, I can go from the creation to the, to the resurrection in about 10 minutes. And so with a translator, about 15. And we smoked that thing, man. I mean, we told those guys, this is, this is and you know what? And I got I to gotta be serious. I'm thinking, you know, the music, everybody was kung fu fighting. 
And I'm thinking, am I going to have to fight my way out of this place, man? Because I can see these guys coming after me, man. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm just letting it go. God, you put me before these people. I said, I'll just take it if it happens. And so, man, I just started spilling this stuff off. You know, this is, you know, the God we serve is the one true and living God. You know, <laughs> he put the stars in the sky, the fish in the sea. He created you. He created me. And we just rolled with it. And so, anyway, we, we did that. Then I asked those guys, I said, hey, you know, the cool thing about this is that, you know, I can't do anything for you like this. Only you can do these things. It's just a simple prayer. Will you pray this prayer with me? And they're like, you know, show me, raise your hand if you'll pray this prayer with me. So they all raise their hand, you know. I said, okay, repeat after my translator. So I started, Father God, I believe, you know, and we just rolled with it. All these guys prayed the sinner's prayer with us, you know. And people say, people People will kind of say sometimes, well, did, did, how do you know they got saved? Well, how, do I, how does anybody know they got saved? You know, when you, when you make that confession to God, sometimes it, you don't see instant, instant results in your life. However, I did have a couple of these guys come up after we got through talking, and they wanted, no, they wanted more information. What we found is that we can domino off of this because these guys, once they see your heart and you're trying to help their people, They'll let you come in other places. And so we're sitting there. We're sitting here just, hey, guys, you remember us? We're here. <laughs> Anything we can do to help? And they're like, you know, come on in. And so we just come in, and, and it's all about fellowship. It's all about the same. It's the same thing we do here. You know, we're just doing it with a different religious group, a major religious group. But the thing is, if you're in Myanmar, if you're in Burma, a country of 55 million people, and you're 95% Buddhist, 5% other stuff, probably maybe, maybe 4% Christian, these opportunities are rare. And so, but they're becoming more commonplace with us. We're getting to do things that we've never, we've only hoped we could do. And so God is opening the door. So when I say we're off the porch, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that we want to do all the time and just, just keep rocking with it. But these guys were receptive, and it was great. One of the things that we tried, we've tried also to do, and it's just starting to open up the door for us more often, is we've tried to get into the public schools in Myanmar. You know, it's amazing to me. I can, we've tried for what? Ten years, ten, ten, eight, eight years we tried to get in public schools. And now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, suddenly, for such a time as this, they're opening the doors and letting us come into schools for a small remembrance. They call it a small remembrance. Well, if you're a public school teacher or you're, you do anything like that, you're always asking, you know, parents and stuff to bring stuff to school, right? Pencils and paper. Well, notebooks and pencils are getting us in all these schools. You know what they do when they get us into schools? <laughs> What do you want to talk about? Anything you want. You know what I want to talk about? I want to tell you the true story of Jesus. Who? You know, Jesus. You know, our, the guy we serve. The guy, the reason we're here. The reason that we are giving you pencils and paper. The reason we give is because the Father gave to us this gift. We're going to give this gift to you. So we start out like that. And, I mean, they listen. All these kids, we've been in schools, schools the size of... Uh, maybe 500 up to 5,000. And I mean, just 
presenting the gospel. And, you know, it's amazing. In Myanmar, they got people walk around with sticks and hit those kids, you know. So they, they sit still and they listen to every word you say. <laughs> Corporal punishment is alive and well in Myanmar. I don't know if you like that or not, but, I mean, it's there. And I tell you what, you got a captive audience. So they, but the kids are great, man. I mean, so we, we get to do all that stuff with them. This particular picture here, normally when we go in, we give papers and pencils to all the, all the students. And we did, we did to this school also. These are the teachers. We've, my, my, my director in Myanmar, he said, hey, how about this time, how about we give a, like a, some kind of leather-bound notebook? I mean, they're really inexpensive. Let's give them a leather-bound notebook, the teachers. We did, man, and I mean, it just, their eyes just lit up. So now we've got the teachers on our side. We've got the principal on our side. We've got Buddhist monks on our side. Do you know what you can do when you build an army like that? Anything you want to do, man, anything you want to do. And so we're just, I mean, we're just sitting there believing God for more. Give us more. Let us run with this vision you give us. And so it's good. Lashu. Uh, some of y'all might have been on Facebook when I was there back at Christmas. Uh, Lashu is in the very northern part of Myanmar. Uh, in fact, if you've ever heard the, about the Burma Road or the Lido Road, which was built during World War II, the, uh, Burma was a big, big impact. Lashu is up in the northern part. So what I always, I've always wanted to go there because my dad helped build that road during World War II, so I always wanted to go up in that part. Well, anyhow, at the, at, this is the train station, but we're at the airport, the very runway strip that he helped build back in World War II. So it was a very surreal thing for me, but a very strategic thing for us as, as a ministry because Lashu being in the northern, that's the gateway into China. So, you know, we don't want to just single out Myanmar because we, as we train up missionaries out of our missions training school, we want to be able to send them into other areas. So it just, it dawned on, I don't, I don't know why, you know, Sometimes you get these revelations, you just start thinking about stuff, and it's like, well, hey, Myanmar is a big country, you know? It's big. It's about the size of Texas. And I, so what do we need to do? Well, we need to, we need to set up a place, going, an entry point into China. We need to sit one into Laos. We need to sit one going to India, into Bangladesh, and, and into Thailand. We need to have churches in all these places and partnerships with, with people. We can do that. So when we send our team there, they can rest, they can get ready, and they can go in to do crusade in those areas or whatever we need to do in that part of the time. So as we're doing it, it's just what pa- Paul did. He had all his churches, and he went around, and that's exactly what we're trying to do with these. We're trying to set up in, in each one of these countries, each one of these c- cities, partnerships and, and uh, just companionships with pastors and churches in those areas and start developing them and, and getting them used to doing this evangelistic thing because, I mean, it is literally shooting fish in a barrel. Creed Ripple is our campaign. For those of you who know, most of the stuff we do, we, we've geared from, from going from crusades into orphanages to vocational training. Vocational training is where it's at. It's the leader of the country. Aung San Suu Kyi said at the... Uh, Southeast Asia Economic Summit. She said, what we need is people to come here and teach basic skills where our people... She said, we have an unproportionate amount of young people who do not have jobs. They have no way to get it. She said, what we have is a ticking time bomb of how long can these young people live with their parents without a job. And I'm like, well, you know, in the U.S., no. (laughs) But anyway... The thing is, there, there's no opportunity. This school, this is our graduating class this year. And this particular group of girls, I mean, the, the girl, right, uh, four from the 
four from the right as you look, four from the left. Uh, she was our number one student. She got up and she addressed the, the crowd, of which we had over 200 people show up for this. And because uh, I'll tell you about that in a second. But our, our ceremony, we, uh, what, what we did was the first, the first couple of years we did it, we just kind of handed, we just kind of went, met with the girls, handed out a certificate, told them about how great they were and what, how much we appreciated them and go, go and do, do likewise. And I told, I told my director, I said, man, we got to do better than this. So I said, go ahead and, and, and let's rent uh, one of these hotel rooms or uh, banquet rooms. And I said, let's, do, let's put on a, a, a banquet for them where they can invite all their family, another evangelistic touch into their lives, their family's lives. Because these girls, when they come to us, they don't have anything. They're, they're, they really don't. There's nothing. And you know, what I was telling you is this girl, she stood up and she said, there was no way, there is no way I could have done this anywhere if it hadn't been for Triumphant Ministries. If it hadn't been for us, she couldn't have done that. And so she was able to go and not only learn how to, to sew, but learn how to manage money, you know, the right way. Something I didn't even learn when I left home. She learned how to manage money, and now they're Christians. So it's, it's discipleship at its very best. And so we take these girls and bring in, and the only thing we're limited by is time and space. So we can, we can increase that exponentially. When we, as we go forward with our campaign. But these girls, it just it, it broke my heart because you know it's the truth. There's no way. There's no, there is, when I tell, when, when I tell you, people sometimes just don't get that. And, and it's like there, there's no welfare system. There's no Social Security. There's no WIC. There's none of those programs. They don't have anything. And so it, without outside intervention, they will stay in that same perpetual poverty level for the rest of their life or until something, something changes. But you know what? Praise God. God's on the scene. He's alive and well, and he's put this in our heart to do, and so we're doing it, and we're going to expand it, not only for these girls, but we're going to take it to the guys with a carpentry school and some other things, too, as we grow. So, but as I said, we, we invited. So the Holy Spirit, when, when, I, when I told uh, my director, I said, I said, let's... Let's invite their families because we want them, their families to know what we're doing too, what they've done and what they can do now. But let's not stop there. Let's invite civic leaders. So in this picture, we've got three senior pastors. We got a Buddhist monk. The rest of them were shocked that he showed up. That's my buddy right there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's incredible, man. And uh, medical doctors. Two city councilmen and a, uh, and a school principal all come to hear what we had to say. These are our friends there. These are the friends we're making there. So we, like, the whole, like I said, the Holy Spirit just dropped it in my heart one night as I was getting ready to go to bed. He said, why don't you invite the civic leaders? They'll come. I'm like, okay. It doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> Invitations are cheap, you know. <laughs> let's just let's, let's do it. Let's invite them. So they all showed up, man. And them and about 200 other people. So it was a big big deal for us to do that of course this is the new group of sewing school the girls that have just come in entering there they they just started their training i think the second week of january rolling right into february so they're learning learning how to do their thing as you can see they cut they learn how to cut out their own patterns they don't go down to singer or, or the, so, the cloth store the fabrics textile store and buy their patterns they they draw their own and cut them out so and 
our instructor there, she is an animal, man. I mean, she is all over this stuff. I mean, she is really, really good. The next step is we're going to take two because the whole thing that we're doing with the campaign, we're not just trying to raise money just to have money. We're trying to make something with it. And in, in doing that, our goal is to drive to self-sufficiency, self-sustaining. This is going to be our, one of our income generation projects. And what it's going to do, that's a brick-making machine. They use bricks for everything over there. And it, with just a few people and the raw materials, I mean, it's a very inexpensive setup. And we can take that, and we've got several kids. You know, we talk about orphans. Well, when they age out, they don't have anything to do. And they don't have anywhere to go. And so we can set up our own little brick-making company, factory, whatever. We're still exploring it, but that's one of the things that we're, we're looking at. And, it, and we think that might be a really good thing for us to generate income with. Angie's house. Uh, we talked about that the last time we are here, of course. We, uh, we started that. Of course, we took, took this over from the, the, the director. Uh, her kids, her husband had died suddenly, unexpectedly. We're starting a Chuff campaign. Chuff is like a GoFundMe thing. It'll be online. Talking more about that. But it's uh, to build, just to build the house for them. And because they're in a rented facility right now. Uh, the director, uh, not the director, but the, uh, the owner, it's a, the owner of the properties give us to the end of the year to get, get out. I want the building back. I need to do something else with it. Okay, fine. So we're, we're working hard to get, make that happen for them. So anyhow, those kids are, uh, are ours. Uh, of course, I told you Angie and I both are adopted kids. Uh, Angie never had children. And so this is our, uh, this is our orphanage. And with these kids, we've, uh, we truly believe that as, we, as they grow, that we'll be able to instill in them the Word of God. We'll be able to teach them how to speak English. They'll know skills. They'll have a, a couple of different skills they can fall back on. So when they do get ready to leave, they will be equipped. And what better way to do that than have skills and know, and know how to do it? And computer trained. So that, that's the big thing we we really want to strive with with our with Angie's house. I was at a I was at a meeting. Uh, we're just having a, a a celebration type little outreach in a in a village, and this little kid come and this is Bong. <laughs> Bong is a village kid. Mom and dad's not there. Probably don't even know he's here. But Bong comes to the meetings and he likes going to church. He's a Buddhist kid. I mean, but he's, he's a Christian now. But he comes to the kid. Bong reminds me, when I, and the reason I, I took the picture, because he, he reminds me of when the disciples told Jesus to put the kids away. Don't, don't why are you doing that? And, he said, and Jesus says, suffer those little kids to come unto me. This is, what, this is what we're reaching. These are the kind of kids that you're talking about. This is what we're doing. This is Bong in an evangelistic, a dirty little village kid. And that's the kind of people we want to go after. That's the people that will change their nation. It just takes one. It only takes one like that to reach him at that age and to teach him who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for you and to show and demonstrate and, to tell, to, and, and just to grow up knowing the things that we know. I mean, can you imagine what he can do? But I'm like... It just And he reminds me of me, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he's just there and he's worshiping. He's not sitting there with one eye looking around. He's worshiping God. And I'm like, 
That's purpose. That's purpose right there. That, make, that made my whole day right there to see him. And I'm like, that's, that's, I'm thankful for that. This is uh, New Ling. New Ling on the left in the purple sweater. We don't talk a lot about this, but she is a, a widow. New Ling don't know if she's 90 or 100. She don't really know how old she is because she don't know when she was born. She don't really know her, her what, all that. They don't really keep records of a lot of stuff like that. She really don't know how old she is, but we're pretty sure she's over 90. But no family, no one to take care of her, lives by herself. And my director, and there's about 10 ladies like this that we give a small, small substance to help them on a monthly basis. We don't talk a lot about that, but when we start widows, this is, this is New Lynn, and that's one of the widows that we're talking about. But she's getting about the equivalent of, of $5, which will amazingly buy her food for a, a, a couple of weeks or a month. So, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. Nobody take care of her, no family, nothing. But because of you, we're able to do stuff like this. And that's the kind of people that we're helping. <sighs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know, when we first started out going to orphanages 12, 13 years ago, 12 years ago, we started going to orphanages. And when we go, we started taking stuff. And as we went, we started learning more and more about what we're doing and what they need, their needs. So as you understand it, rice in Asia is a staple. I mean, those people will not eat a meal. They, they feel like they've ate if they don't eat a bowl of rice. Every place you go, they want to give you rice. And I'll tell you what, I, I don't really care for rice that much. <laughs> but, but, I mean, and especially if you're not used to eating it, and you eat a bunch of it all the time, there's things happen to your body that you don't want to know about. So you that are thinking about going on that trip with us, do not eat a bunch of rice if they stick it in front of you because you, there's something that you do on a regular basis that you won't do for days. <laughs> and you don't, you don't want to go there. We don't need those kind of problems. We don't need that, and we don't need the other way either for sure. But, uh, but anyway, rice, the staple food of, the, of, the country, of Asia. And so this is a rice field. Uh, they're, they're getting ready to harvest when we first started going, we started going to these orphanages, and we'd buy one bag of rice. One bag of rice will feed probably three, three kids for a month. One bag. It's a, and a bag weighs uh, 50 kilo, which is about 102 pounds. We'll feed, one, we'll feed three children for about a month. So we'd take a bag, because it's all we could really do at the time. You know? And then we started next year, two bags, and the year after that, four bags. And then it got up to we're taking a half a ton. So we started taking half a ton of rice into each orphanage we went into. And thank God we could do that. But as it, as it gets, as, as our operation expands, so does the cost. And this is a commodity, man. I mean, the prices fluctuate and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, we finally, finally, God opened the door for us while we were there this last time. And there, my, uh, a man come up to my director and he said, hey, there's a guy out here north of town that has a rice field that he wants to sell, five-acre rice field. He wants to sell, and he really needs the money, which I don't know if he was, how, how bad, he didn't act like, he just wanted, he needed some money for something. He didn't say or anything. So I said, well, let's start negotiating. So we started negotiating, and by the end of the week, we come up, and, and we bought this five, well, we put the down payment on this five-acre rice field. So now, it won't be ten bags, we'll be growing our own rice. 
And that's what, what I'm saying, the drive to self-sufficiency. Taking resources that come into us and using them wisely. So, and this, this the ROI, the return on this investment, four years. Four years it pays for itself, just pays it back. And from there forward, forever. As long as we can grow rice on it, it'll, it'll pay for itself. And, well, the next question you're thinking is, how, many, how much bags of rice can you get on five acres? Well, keep in mind that rice over there is sharecropped. So we have a sharecropper that he comes in and he, we share the, the field with him. And so it's a 50-50 split. But even after the 50, we'll probably have 50, 50 to 75 bags of rice, which will cut our budget way down. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And that gives us money to put on other things. So that's what I'm saying. That, that's what it's all about is being able to do those kind of things. As I said, God brings you before people. One of the guys that he brought us before, this is a member of parliament in Myanmar. And they wanted me to meet him this time. And this guy has been instrumental in helping us purchase things and do things. He has opened more doors for us than you can shake a stick at. And that's an Oklahoma term. And that's a lot of things. <laughs> so, but, I mean, he has just opened the doors for us to be able to do things and, and to, to, to do it. I just, and, you know, we're, we're grateful for that relationship. We need some more relationships like that. Here you go. <laughs> now, I showed you the five acres. This is eight acres. This is the future home right here, that big mountain back there behind us. We, had, we, we actually did put the down payment on this eight acres, and we're going to, this is where we're going to build. And uh, we, put, we, we put the down payment, and we've made the first installment. And we've got a couple more to do. So that's one of the reasons we're out on the road, so praise the Lord. But where God gives vision, he gives provision. And so we're just believing strongly for that. But we had all, these are all the people, our sewing school girls, our orphanages, the uh, lay leaders and people that are involved with us. We went out there. We had a huge prayer service for, it was hot too, man. And we, we prayed out there for over an hour just for God to open the doors up for us for this. Because from this center, from this center, we will move our orphanage onto that. We will move our vocational training school on it. We will put our mission school on it. We will have a full working livestock arena with cattle, with uh, sheep, goats, pigs, chickens. I mean, old McDonald's farm will be there. If we can grow our own rice and we can produce our own food, we can make our own clothes, we can train, we have our carpentry school to make things, we're Amish. No. <laughs> We've got everything. I mean, we'll have everything we need that we can do. And we'll be able to do these. And these kids will be able to do it. And we'll be able to not only do that, but we'll be able to take and effectively communicate the gospel all over that country. Not just in our neighborhood, but just around the area and go even beyond the borders. And that's what we're trying to do. That, that's, that's the vision. That's what we want to do. What's our goal as far as, as, far as that? Total domination. Total domination. I mean, why stop? I mean, if, if if we're in a country, nine out of ten people you meet are not a Christian. That's an opportunity, man. That's an opportunity every day. And what, but what we're learning is it's not in your face type Christianity. It's demonstration type Christianity. It's 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 all kinds because I mean, you know, you can do it. But what we're finding is it's more relational. Can you agree with that? It's, it's all about relationships. And the, the more relationships we can have, and, you know, the Bible says a good name is a good thing to have. 
And so that's what we're trying to do is develop our name, and that's what we're trying to be, be there is that what we say we do, we'll do. Well, you know, where we go, we'll go, and we'll help you if we can. One of the things that, that really just hit me like a ton of bricks this, this, last, this last trip, and I don't know why I didn't understand it. I mean, I've said things, and I just didn't understand it. But, you know, as I'm there and w- when I'm traveling with these guys, Every, and, I, and I just noticed that the people always are coming and asking them for, for money and for this and for that. And it dawned on me. It's because the government doesn't do that. It's just the backwards here in the U.S. We go to the government. We expect the government to do all that. Where they expect the church to do that. And not just, not just the Christian church. They expect the Buddhist monasteries to do that too. They're, it's the same thing. But they go to the church for those things first before they come. And I told Ange, I said, you better get ready. Because <laughs> when, when we set a stake in the ground here, they're going to be coming to us too. So that's why it's really important that we've got our whole thing going on with the rice and with the pigs and all that, that we can make an impact. We can help people in a strategic way. But that's, what, that's, the, that's the vision. To be able to go in there and not just demonstrate through, through preaching the gospel, but showing people that we care and we love and that we're trying to help them. To develop them, not through just teaching them how to sow, teach them how to do money, you know, how to do all these things through demonstration. And then through distribution, you know, just you never get away from that. You know, the development, you, sure, you're building water wells, but in distribution, you know, you're helping people with rice and with, with basic needs that they have. And so it's a blessing for us to be able to do that. And that's what we've tried to do. But this, this home, this is where we're going with it. And, and we feel like this will be... The beacon, I mean, it will literally be a beacon in that area. There will be nothing like it because we need to stop this. <laughs> we need to get, like we got Bong before he become this. This little boy here didn't. Now, he's a sweet kid, and he took us all around, but he's praying to what you call a god of stone and rock. And we need to be able to stop it. And that's a for real. That's not a set-up picture. That's a real thing. I mean, that's really, he's pr- praying to Buddha to do something for him. When we put that center out there, one of the things we're going to have is a playground. I, I want every kid in that area to say, hey, that, those guys over there, they got a big playground. We want to go over there and play. And around that playground, I want to have a stinking mural of the story of Jesus where when they come, they're seeing it. They're not only feeling it from us, but they're seeing it. They can read about it. They can see it in pictures and see how, what Jesus does for your life, you know, how, what he did, how he, how he was born, how he died, how he rose again. And we want that out there in their face. Have Christian music playing. You know, have it, have it where we can have a puppet stage, where we can have snow cones, where we can have things that they never see, that they never see. And we can do that. And we'll have every kid in that area saved and born again. (laughs) And and their parents, hopefully don't get any rocks. But when we go from that, we go to the parents. You know, and then we just keep spreading. But it takes things like this to do it. And you you think, well, that's just a playground. But a playground in this area, there's nothing like this. This is like Disneyland over there. And when we get through with it, I mean, we'll add some more stuff if we can. But, I mean, this is just incredible what we'll be able to do with that. We not only want to do that, but we want to put a pavilion in. Under this pavilion, which is pretty close to what we're going to build, I want to be able to teach Bible seminars, you know, have international meetings. Uh, But the bigger thing is for the community to open it up with a big screen. When they play soccer, 
you know, or whatever, that we're there, and we put the big screen up, and we can invite everybody from the community to come. And the cool thing is, they will come. Anything that's free, they will come to, you know, including salvation. And so that's, that's the thing. When they come, they're going to see the mural. They're going to see this. They're going to know who we are and why we're there and that we care about them. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. I mean, this is just two of the functions besides the other buildings and the, the livestock and all that. But all that doesn't happen without you guys. And we're so grateful that you have helped us to do what we've done. All those things, all those things in those pictures are because of offerings and money and prayers and things that have helped us to get to where we're at with that. And we're going on with it. You know, and, and, and the, the coolest thing about this is, is that we can do it together. And, and I, didn't, I don't want to leave today without sharing some more stuff about this with you. But, I mean, you can see that, see, see what we're doing. But I, I want to just touch on a couple of things because a lot of people see these things. And they're thinking, well, that's all good. You know, yeah, we're helping and we're doing it together. But what about here? What, what, what can I do? What can I do with this? And I want to just talk about a couple of things. And I'm going to call this sweet and salty. So... In Acts 1.8, I want to read this. It said, Jesus, his last command before he ascended to heaven, he said this, but you will receive power and the ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. He said, both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, in Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And I'm thinking, well, those four places, you know, I, I get the end of the earth, but I'm not in Jerusalem, I'm not in Judea, I'm not in Samaria. I don't, what does that mean to me? Let me break this down for you. When Jesus said that, he's talking about Jerusalem. He's talking proximity for them. Okay, Jerusalem. We look at that as our friends and family. Jerusalem was, was where they were at, the people around them. Your friends and your family are your Jerusalem. When he said Judea, that's your neighbors. Judea borders Jerusalem. That's your neighbors. Everybody has neighbors. Then he talks about Samaria. That's their enemies. They, were, they did not like one another. The Samaritans, Samaritans and, and Jews did not like one another. That was their enemies. And then he said, to, even to the ends of the earth, and that's everyone else. So he gave this to his, the people as he left, and he said, this is who you're to reach. Well, he's talking about us, too. So, I mean, everybody, everybody has friends and family. So, whoa, Rick, <laughs> friends and family, uh, they're tough. That's tough. You know, I've got family that, that know what Angie and I do, and they, they've done all, and, and, and they stay away from us like the plague. <laughs> we don't preach at them. We don't do anything. And it's like I told Angie the other day. I said, Angie, when people are convicted, when they feel the sense of the Spirit of God on somebody and they're convicted about that, they don't want to be around. I remember. I remember how it was when I was like that. I had a couple of cousins that were pastors, and, and I'm like, I liked them, but I didn't want to be around them because I didn't want to hear it. And they weren't even saying anything. It was just the feeling that I got, you know, or just the con condemnation, the conviction that come on me when I did that. But, you know, and you have that same power and over, over people. They can feel that on you. They can see that. And your neighbors, you know, when you, when you talk about the, these four groups, there's somebody in here for everybody. And somebody can always target one of those people. And like a lot of times, like I told Angela, I said, we got family members that w they, they won't come around. They don't want to talk. But you know what? You can always pray for laborers across their path, angels to do things for you, commanded. I mean, you can, you can reach people. There's more than one way to get to people. 
But he said this. He also said this. He said it. He said in 2 Corinthians 2.14, one of my favorite scriptures, he said, and I'm going to read this out of the, uh, the message version. It says, in the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in a perpetual victory parade. He said, through us, through us, he brings knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. People breathe in the exquisite fragrance. You know, He's talking about smell. Smell is one of the strongest senses of, uh, that we have. It, it triggers more memories and things like that. And I, and I was thinking about it as it was talking about it. I, mean, I was thinking of things I like to smell of, like cinnamon and rain and flowers. And then I was thinking, you know, that's those things, you want to you smell them again. You, wanna, you, wanna, you like that kind of. It, it stimulates good thoughts in you. And that's how he's saying that's what he does for us. When we're around people, when you're saved and you're born again and you're, you're, you're where you're at, he makes you a fragrance like that around people. But you know, the, the thing is, he says here too, he says, he says, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, desirable both among those who are saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter one, and he's talking about the people who aren't saved, people that don't, don't know Christ. He said, to the latter one, you're an aroma from death to death. He said, a fatal, offensive odor. And I'm thinking, fatal, offensive odors. And I'm thinking, garbage, something dead, maybe the, maybe the bathroom in a truck stop. You know, those are, those are bad smells. Those are things I don't want to smell. And I'm thinking, that... That's what he makes us. If people don't want to hear, that's what you are to them. But in the same respect, he said, he said this, he said, but to the other, the people that are, are, we can reach, he said to the other, an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh, who is adequate and sufficiently qualified for all things. All things. Adequately and sufficiently qualified for all things. You are adequately sufficiently qualified for all things. There is nothing with the power of the Holy Spirit in you that you cannot do. Timing is everything. Opportunity is the same thing. Like I said, some of this stuff we, we believed for for 10 years before we started seeing it. You know, that's the, and that's the thing in our society, in our, in our, in our social media craze society, we want everything right now. And in the kingdom, it's not all microwaves. Sometimes they're slow cookers, you know, and we have to wait and we have to be patient. And we have to exercise that. And, man, sometimes it's just hard. It's just difficult to watch and, and you're, you're believing and you want to see it and it, hap- and it happened. But you know what? God is always working on our behalf. When we pray and we believe, he's working on our behalf. He's trying to make those things come to be. And he's trying to use people and things and opportunities and situations to bring those to pass. But here's what I like. He said, let me tell you, in Matthew 5, 13, he said, let me tell you why you're here. He said, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavor of this earth. He said, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. That's the message translation. Knowing this, that when Jesus was talking to his disciples, scholars have decided that there's two, two ways he could have done. Salt does two things. Salt has two functions. It seasons and it preserves. 
So when we're talking about Jesus addressing his disciples, the seasoning is the good news of the gospel. Seasoning brings good taste. It makes things better like that when we put salt on it. But it also preserves things. So if you put a lot of salt on something, or you put it, it can stop the decay on it. Well, the decay in, we, we're talking about is sin. Sin destroys. It, it, can, it can ruin a life. So if we're the salt, if he said we're the salt, that's what he's asking us to do. And, you know, the, the, the thing I, I find amazing is that, that God will use whatever you have to do those things. When I think about what he's put us to do, what he's taxed us to do and how we've done these things, man, we were, we've just been faithful. We've just done the thing, one thing right after another that he's asked us to do. We've never said no. We've just said, okay, God, here we are. Use us. And he did. And he has, and he continues to. And, you know, the thing is, what I, love about, what I love about Christianity is that he is no respecter of persons. There's nothing that we've done that nobody else can't do. It's just all about calling and gifting and, and what's your place in this thing. But he's telling us we all, we all are adequately and sufficiently qualified for these things. Because the Bible says whom he's called, he's also qualified, you know. And so I, I, love, I love the way he does that. And he said here in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, out of the Amplified Version, he said, And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and every act of charity. That's the God we serve. He's given us everything we need. Now, he's told us who to go to to tell people about me. You know, what I, what I, what I find is a lot of times people, they don't want to talk, they really don't want to say too much about it because they don't want to come off like, you know, that, that psycho Christian, you know, you've probably met somebody like that. I don't know, I have. I might have been like that at one time. But, you know, you just go up and you want to tell everybody, you, you love Jesus, and you want to tell everybody about it. And sometimes that just throws people off, man. But, you know, the thing is, you got a great church. All you got to do is get them in the door. You got people here, that pastors, that will teach the word. They'll give the altar call. You can work them that way. You can get them right in. But it's not all up to us. And then every, th- every time that we throw a pass, it's not going to be a touchdown. Every ball that we hit won't be a home run. Sometimes it's just advancing the runner. Sometimes it's just planting that seed. It's just giving them a little bit of word to help move them down the road to get them in position where they do, where somebody else will get that. And we have to know what our part and what our role is in that. And as we go through life and as we do these things, good things will happen. But just know that the word says that we're, we're all this. We can do these things. We are well able to do these things because he has equipped us to do them. And you say, well, I don't really feel that, Rick. I don't really know. Well, I can tell you this. A lot of times, you don't have to be the most word-knowledgeable person. You don't have to have the scriptures memorized. Sometimes a smile and just being nice to somebody will win them over. If they see you at the store or wherever you're at, and you just act right, just treat them with respect, people like that. People say, there's something about that guy, you know. You don't have to have the... Christ a t-shirt. However, if you do, it's okay too. But I'm just saying, you don't have to advertise. But if, 
if you, you do more by what you say and what you, how you act and how you treat people. And the thing is, we need, in this day and time, we need people in, these, in this service. We need people in these chairs. We need people here. And everybody here is more than capable of doing that. So I just wanted to remind you of that today, if you didn't already know, and just encourage you, exhort you to greater works because God wants us to do these things. He's equipped us. He wants us to carry out what he's asked us to do. And we can do that. We can do that. Not just here in, in Liberty, but we all, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because everything I showed you today, you're a part of. And you can walk out of here today and know, hey, I helped them do that. We're all part of that. Thank you, God. And you guys, you guys make it happen. You really do. And I just want to say one more time, thank you. I'd also, uh, before I close, I'd like to also just wrap up that sign up on our mailing list. We will not inundate you with mail. Send out two or three mails, send out Christmas cards, stuff like that. Give us your mailing address, your, your email. We'd love, to, we'd love to communicate with you about things. There's things we have going on that we'd like to keep in touch with you. Visit our table back here. Uh, got a few things back there you might be interested in. We'd love to, love to talk to you more about what we're doing. All that being said, today, as I've talked about what we've done, as I've talked about what you can do and how we've done these things together, I just want to close with this. And I just want to say that we can do this. Together, the church, the church is the last best hope of this planet. The church, and it's become more real to me, that the church is that part and that function of it. And, and it is our responsibility to do those things. We can do this. All these things are possible through him who believes in God. And we thank you so much for everything you've done to help us. And I'm, Pastor Bill, I'm just going to turn it back over to you, if you don't mind. But I just want to tell you one more time, thank you. Wow. <laughs> it's just cool to see what God's doing. And so there's two things uh, I want to do before uh, we get out of here today. Uh, I want to take up an offering for these guys just to, to bless them and to continue to partner with that, basically. So if I could have uh, some of my admin board folks or come on up here. And, and then I also want to pray for these guys before we leave, too. Uh, but one of the things that I started thinking is... is he kind of laid out all of these things, you know, is the power of yes. It's like this journey that we, that we walk with God began with yes, right? We said yes to him. Yes, I want you to, uh, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, forgive me of my sins. And, th- and then we joined him on that journey. And then what I, what I love that they've demonstrated is just the power of continuing to say yes to God. Because sometimes we say yes to God at the very beginning, and that's the last yes that we say to him, right? And we know people that are like that. You know, they, they said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but then uh, they're just kind of hanging, right? They're just, they're just there. And this is not a church uh, filled with people that are just hanging, right? If, if you're just hanging here, you, you may be uncomfortable, and that's because there's a yes that follows that. And a yes that follows that, and a yes that follows that. And, and 
So to me, this demonstrates the power of that. Yes, like every time that God presents something, he puts an opportunity before us. Uh, you know, and I love that it's practical. I love that it's his love demonstrated. It's the same kinds of things that uh, Jesus did for people. And he continues to do because he does, he does those things through us. And uh, through, you know, we can't maybe all go over to, to Myanmar and other places. But we can support people who do. Uh, we can send people with them. Uh, but even more than that, like Rick said, we can do that ourselves. We can do that right here. God can use the power of yes right now. In your life, in your neighborhood, uh, in your friendships, in your family, in your workplace. And I believe that he wants to. So we want to be a church that continues to say yes, right? All right. Um, Let's pray for these guys. If I could have uh, some leaders and some elders, if you just feel led and you want to come up, I'm going to have them here and we're going to lay hands on them and pray. And just bless them and, and encourage them. I've been encouraged today by what we've been able to partner with them to do. And we want that to keep happening, right? So come on up. And Lawrence, would you mind being the man? Sarah, would you mind being the woman? All right. Um, God, thank you so much. And um, I just love um, the heart, and I just love um, what they had to say today. And just thank you so much that um, when we ask, um, you do open doors, and sometimes it takes a long time, but just... um, if we keep knocking, um, you are listening and in your timing. And God, I just thank you that you are at work um, behind the scenes every single minute of every single day. And you have all the details worked out. And we don't always know that or see that, but we just have to trust you. And um, just help us to keep walking by faith and living by faith. And if you put that little nudge um, in us to talk to somebody, help us to do it, even if it's scary. Um, God, um, whether it's a, a little nudge for our coworker or maybe it's a big nudge to go on the trip um, next year that the church is going on, just whatever it is, help us to be listening to your spirit, Lord. And just thank you that um, you do equip us and it doesn't have to be in our own power. It's not of our own abilities, God, but it's all on you. And just thank you so much for that. Then we don't have to um, worry just that it's from us, God, that you give us the words, you give us the opportunities, you give us the power. Um, and thank you that you supply um, every vision that you give to us. You provide, Lord, and just thank you for that. And um, just thank you for what you're doing through Triumphant, Mem- Triumphant Ministries. And just thank you that we get to be a part of that. Um, just thank you that the body of Christ um, is really cool like that. And you've just given us different gifts and abilities. And I just pray that um, everyone here at church would just step up and just use those to serve you. And just see that we can create a ripple. And um It starts small, but it makes it big, God. And just thank you so much that you're a big, big God, and you do so much more than we could dare to ask or imagine. So we just uh, praise you for who you are, and thank you again for inviting us to be a part of the work that you're doing around the world. Amen.